Hi, and thanks for listening to another audio podcast from Creekside Community Church, Narangba, Queensland. For more information and resources, please visit our website at www.creekside.org.au. Good morning, everyone. My name's Nicole Annette. I'm the one who sends you all the emails. <laughs> Put a face to the name. Um, I've been around Creekside for the last just over two years now. I have two beautiful boys who attend Carmichael. They're 10 and 8. Um, I'm also pop up in the cafe, so I'm around lots. <laughs> um, today I've been asked um, to read uh, from the book of Matthew. Um, and just talking about prayer this morning, this prayer that Jesus gave us, um, I grew up praying this by rote every probably multiple times a day Um, and when Shane asked me to read this and I went to the scripture and actually focused on the words um, it's so easy to get caught up in the religion and the rote learning but um, yeah it's really lovely to stop and just um, appreciate the words so today I bring you a reading from the gospel of Matthew this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Thank you so much. It really is a privilege to be here with you today. Let's see if we can make this work awesome. Okay. Well, uh, the Olympics are coming up soon. I fervently hope uh, they go ahead. There's still some doubt about whether it's going to go ahead. For me, I really like the uh, running events actually on the track, probably because I'm uh, not a very good runner. But the swimming's super exciting as well, I agree. Australia is super good at swimming. Um, But it really is incredible, isn't it, to see these athletes in action. Um, You know, the middle distance races in particular, they're just getting to this rhythm and they hardly seem to be puffing as they just slowly crank up the speed lap by lap. Uh, It's just poetry in motion, hey. They're operating at a level uh, that we can only dream of. I think the uh, world record, I had to look it up, for the 5,000 metres, that's 12 and a half laps around a track, 12 minutes 34. I'd be really hard-pressed to do that in a triple the time these days. But just poetry in motion, it's just beautiful, hey? But in the same way, have you ever felt so energised in life that it seems effortless? You're just taking everything in its stride. You're filled with passion. You're filled with purpose. You're filled with zeal. No matter all the duties, all the responsibilities you've got to carry out, you've just got that energy, hey? To go back to the runners, we know that to optimise their performance... They also need to spend a lot of time in their recovery, you know, stretching, training, nutrition, sleep, rest. They need to refresh themselves in order to function at their peak. And it's the same for us. No, no matter how energised we are by life, all of us, even Shane Yin, all of us get weary and tired. Our energy drains away. Our physical reserves, our emotional reserves, and our spiritual reserves need topping up regularly. 
let's be really real. Normal, everyday life wears us out. Whether you're at school, or at work, running a household, life is full on. All the time, it seems to be getting busier and busier. And then if you have a crisis that hits, you know, it's just too much. What do we do, Lord? A big bill comes up. Illness strikes. The tragic death of a family member. What hope is there? How can we have the energy to live in the season of life that God has placed us in right now? Well, folks, that's what we're going to be looking at over these next few weeks. We need to go back to the author of life. Jesus says that he has come so that we may have life, life to the full, life abundantly. We need daily refreshing from streams of living water to enjoy this abundant life, no matter the situation we find ourselves in right now. So we're starting the series, um, looking at the rhythms of renewal. How do we develop a sustainable rhythm that energizes us? What habits of grace can we develop to live the abundant life that God intends for us? Exciting times. That's the adventure we're going to be looking at over the next few weeks. And the first habit of renewal we're looking at today might be a little bit unexpected, prayer. Now, I don't know about you, but do you ever feel a little bit guilty that you might not be praying enough? How much are we meant to pray? Am I doing it right? Life gets busy. Before you know it, prayer takes back seat. Well, friends, uh, take heart. There is good news for all of us today, wherever we're at. In fact, if I can just briefly indulge, and I throw back to my youth 30 years ago, uh, we got to pray just to make it today. You might even have the tune in your head. Yes, that's right, people. MC Hammer, 1990. Good theology, but enough of the daggy dad pop references. Now, the thing about prayer in the Bible is that it's really different to what a lot of people think. If you've sort of not done much around church circles growing up, you might think, oh, you know, you've got to pray this really long-winded prayer. You've got to have a special tone of voice. You might read out this long prayer in a really dry, formulaic manner. And, you know, you just think, it doesn't seem really relevant or connected to life, hey? But it's really about a heart, you know? It's connecting and talking with God in the deepest part of our beings. So on the one hand, prayer is something super simple, talking to God, but the fruit of it is actually profound. We know that from our own experience. We're talking about a supernatural encounter, a transformation that happens within us that where God is meeting us at our very point of need. And in fact, it's only when we recognize our utter helplessness that prayer is so powerful. God is so merciful uh, to those who desperately need him. Are you feeling desperate for God today? Because if you are, that's actually a really, really good thing. God wants to meet you at your point today. Now, one verse that really shifted my thinking about prayer before we look at the Lord's Prayer is 1 Thessalonians 5. Here, Paul simply says, pray without ceasing. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. But how does that actually work? You know, how does that work? It's impossible to spend every moment in prayer. Nothing would get done. 
Now, the scholars reckon there are over 200 prayers in the Bible, and most of them are pretty short. Uh, I looked it up. The longest one in the New Testament is Jesus' prayer for his disciples in John 17. And then in Nehemiah, um, Nehemiah 9, that would probably take you about 10 minutes to read it out loud. So what's going on when Paul says, let's pray without ceasing? What I've come to realize is that to pray continually means that we have to have an attitude of dependence upon God. We have this dependence upon God every moment of the day. It's a dynamic and continual conversation with God. And so it's only when we recognize our utter dependence upon God is when we experience the life-giving refreshment that prayer can bring to us. Now, folks, as Christians, we follow Jesus. We worship Jesus as the Son of God. And so it makes sense for us to look to him for help with prayer. Really interesting, as we look through the four accounts of his life here on earth, it's impressive to see the priority that Jesus gives to prayer. I mean, this is the Son of God. He's a super busy guy. He's teaching and preaching. He's performing miracles. He's healing. But he spends time with prayer, uh, with his Father in prayer. He walked the talk. He lived out what he taught in prayer. So I reckon that we're on safe ground looking at the most famous teaching Jesus gives his followers on prayer today. We know in the parallel account, in Luke's account, his disciples are asking Jesus, Lord, teach us how to pray. How do we pray? And so this is how Jesus responds today. Thanks so much for reading, Nicole. It's true, isn't it? None are more well known uh, in the prayers of the Bible than the Lord's Prayer. It's simple. It's short. Um, We can say it in about 20 seconds while you're washing your hand to be COVID safe. You can recite the Lord's Prayer. But what's the old saying? Familiarity breeds contempt. It's just so easy to go through the motions, isn't it? We lose the sense of wonder and awe, the power of what these words actually represent. So no matter if you've been saying it for 50 years or this is new to you, we really need to grasp what this means for us personally in our hearts today. Because when we do, it really transforms our perspective. The whole point is not to mindlessly recite these 50 words or so, going through the the motions, vain repetition. We need to think about it line by line, to personalise it for ourselves, for our own context, our own life situation, and not lose the wonder that that is captured in these words. The most astonishing thing, I think, about prayer is this. Little old me, us, we get to come into the very presence of the God of the universe. That's just astonishing. If that doesn't shift our view, nothing will. What seems weak and pathetic to the world is actually a supernatural experience of God. Let's look at how Jesus says we're to start our prayers. Our Father in heaven. When Jesus says God is in heaven, it means he is on the throne. He is ruling this universe. Nothing takes him by surprise. God doesn't get stressed out. God's got this. He's working out all things for the good of those who love him. And Jesus tells his followers, he tells us, that we're to start our prayer with our Father. 
That's an extraordinary privilege. When we become followers of Jesus, boom, automatically, we're adopted into his family. We're adopted as his children, sons and daughters of the God of the universe. And as our Father in heaven, he delights in his children. He delights in his children more than we delight in our own children. He loves to hear from us. He wants to bless us. Now, I don't know about you, but that is such an encouragement. We all know that we're sometimes wayward. We're far from perfect. But God is the best father that we could ever hope to have. What a comfort. What a blessing. What an encouragement to continually come into his presence, his strong, his gracious, his kind presence. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed, what does that even mean? I actually had to look it up. Um, Hallowed is an old word meaning holy, set apart, sanctified, perfectly good in every way. So a name represents who a person is. You say someone's name, you immediately think of who they are and what they're like. Just think of someone's name right now and you automatically have a picture in your mind of what they're like. So let's give an example. Freddie, joyful, mighty man of God, awesome brother in Christ. You just say someone's name, boom, you think of who they are and their character, okay? So when we say the name of God is hallowed, this is saying that God is altogether perfectly good. It's his goodness that sets him apart. He is perfectly good in every way. This is why the name of God is the name above every name. There is power in the name of God. And it's into his name that we are baptized when we're publicly declaring, yep, Jesus, I'm following you. I'm sold out for you for a life. We are baptized into the name of the Father, into the name of the Son, into the name of the Holy Spirit. That's who we are baptised into. So whether we're going through tough times or life is good, we can lean in to the very person and character of God, knowing that his holy wisdom, his holy love, his holy care will guide us through whatever we're going through. I don't know about you, but that produces in me a heart of grateful joy. We should be captivated by the wonder of who God is. Your kingdom come. The third thing that Jesus says to pray for is actually twofold. Your kingdom refers to the kingdom of God, his rule, his dominion, his authority over all things in this universe. We know that God's good rule is broken into this dark world through the person of Jesus. That God's rule is growing all throughout this world through his people, the church. And that one day, God's kingdom will be fulfilled. It will be consummated in full. We yearn for that day. We long for that day. For God's kingdom rule to be fully realized everywhere here on earth. With justice. With peace. We want to align our hearts with his will for this to happen. So we're not going to get caught up in all the dramas about politics. Fears about COVID. What's going to happen to the economy potential conflict with China. There's just so much noise out there that drowns out the good news that God's kingdom is available to all people. That one day everything will be made right. So to say your kingdom come and your will be done means that we joyfully submit to his authority, to his will for our lives. He's good. 
What a joy to submit every part of our, our lives to his rule, our desires, our emotions, our thoughts, our commitments. We are trusting that he knows best. So that's only three lines, probably, what, 20, 25 words. Huge, huge implications. We've got to have that God would focus first whenever we come into his presence. But Jesus is also very real. Sorry, I'm a bit behind there, aren't I? He's very real. He knows that we have practical needs. He wants to bless us in our day-to-day lives. He knows that we need the necessities for life, food, shelter, clothing, the ability to pay the bills for all these things. And so to ask God to give us this day, our daily bread, is to acknowledge he is our provider. He is our sustainer. When we see the disruption that COVID's caused the economy, my brother, he lives down in Victoria, we realise it's so easy to take this for granted. Hey, yeah, I'll just go and get a job and I'll have my daily bread provided for. But more and more, we have to realise that all good things come from God. We realise that God is the ultimate provider for all that we should need. So we should pray boldly. Jesus is telling us to. We should pray boldly that God himself would provide for everything that we need every day with confidence, knowing that he's a good God who loves us. At the end of the day, there's no greater need that we have than the good news of Jesus. We desperately need forgiveness. All of us have fallen short of his perfect standard. The greatest debt that all of us have is our sin against a holy and good God. And the extraordinary news that we remember today through sharing and communion is that God has provided for this forgiveness through the cross. You know something, this, is, this only struck me this week. When Jesus said, forgive us our debts as we forgive one another's debts, Jesus knew what was coming. He knew he was going to die on a cross. But he did it anyway. Because he loves the Father and he loves us. Jesus knew it was the only way the penalty for our sin could be paid for in full. So it's only when we see sin for what it really is, in all of its ugliness, will we be able to forgive others. It's actually really hard to forgive other people. In fact, it's actually impossible, really, except when we remember how much we have been forgiven. That's the only way we can truly forgive other people. The cross reminds us that grace is meant to be shared extravagantly, not hoarded up and kept to ourselves. Forgiven people forgive other people. Loved people love other people. And so in the same way that God has forgiven us completely, as far as the east is from the west, so we are called upon to forgive others. And even though that sounds hard, this is the path to freedom. This is the path to freedom from the endless cycle of bitterness that will just destroy us if we don't get that freedom. Folks, the reality is we don't know what tomorrow is going to hold. But we all know that we face temptation every day in life. The biggest temptation that we face is a very seductive lie to not trust God. That is the biggest temptation we face in life, to not trust God, to fool ourselves somehow that God is not good. Therefore, we will do this sin 
because we think it'll be for our good and for our benefit. We know God is good. We know we can ask him to deliver us from evil and lead us not into temptation. This world is full of evil. It's heartbreaking. I don't know how God copes with the suffering of children, of the innocent overseas, natural disasters, the victims of crime. We live in a world full of evil and temptation, but we can ask God to deliver us from temptation internally, to protect us from the evil one externally. He wants us to delight in what is beautiful, everything that is good and is true. We want God to protect us from despair. So there we have it. In just a few words, Jesus provides a model, a framework that we can personalize for ourselves for how to pray. So three petitions to our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And three petitions for life. Our daily bread, forgive us our sin, lead us not into temptation. So we first focus our attention on God, his goodness, his power, his will, his kingdom. And then with a heart of gratitude, we request what we need to live for Jesus day by day in 2021, right here in the middle of Morayfield. What I really like is how we usually end the Lord's Prayer with worship. This was added later on, but I think it's really, really good just to have a heart of worship to end this prayer. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. My good friend, Kylam, I think he's spoken a few times here, Kylam Lewis. He shared that sometimes he gets worried and gets a bit anxious. His lovely wife, Carly, says, Kylam, stop worrying and start worshipping. I thought, fire it, that is so much wisdom there, Carly. Stop worrying and start worshipping. That is the antidote when we're stressed, when we're anxious by the, the worries of life. The real question, though, is how do we do this? How do we get into a rhythm of prayer that refreshes and energizes us no matter what we're going through? It's just so awesome to have that Q&A before. Thank you, brother, wherever you are. That was just so encouraging. More than ever, we really do need one another. We really need to embrace a culture of prayer in all that we do, both corporately together as people of God here and personally. Prayer actually changes things. It's supernatural access to God in heaven. But we have to be aware of the reality. Everything in our world around us today makes it hard to pray. Do you find it hard to pray? There's a reason why it's hard to pray. There's so much busyness. There's so much noise. There's so much static, spiritual static. Our smartphones compete for our attention. There's so much stress. It just produces this spiritual fuzziness and static and noise that makes it so hard just to get in tune with God. The thing is, this is pretty blunt, but the thing is, if we wait until we feel like praying, we might be waiting a long time. If you wait till you feel like praying, you might be waiting a long time. Wise person D.A. Carson once said this, that the reason much praying is not done is because we do not plan to pray. It sounds counterintuitive. Oh, it sounds so rigid. We don't want to get formulaic and all that sort of thing. But we need to plan to pray. So individually and corporately, we need to get into the habit of prayer. We have to push through any sense of duty to reach delight, from duty to delight. And I can tell you from experience, there's nothing more delightful and energizing than prayer 
especially with others. It's just so encouraging. First off, by yourself, you already know this. First thing in the morning, grab a coffee, open the Bible, and pray. There are so many prayers in the Bible that you can personalize, over 200. Keep a list of who you pray for. Keep a journal to record what God brings to mind as you prayerfully read his word. It is so awesome to not only write down things that you pray for, but God's answers to those things that you pray for. Super encouraging. When you go for a walk, pray. As you think about a Bible verse, pray. Pray in the car. Pray with my boys on the way to Mueller in the morning. I give thanks when we enjoy a meal. Make prayer as natural as breathing. Sometimes it'll be just silent prayer, just shooting it up in the middle of a busy, stressful meeting. Pray for, your, for peace when our two-year-olds are having a tantrum. But remember, prayer is never meant to be a solo activity. If you look at the early church in Acts, they had power. They had authority as a result of meeting together for prayer. The Holy Spirit used them powerfully as they boldly called upon the name of the Lord. There's nothing more encouraging than praying with others. I was down at the Hideout Cafe down in Narangbao, just down the road. And I noticed a couple of ladies just sitting next to me, catching up, having a nice cup of coffee, a piece of cake, having a bit of a deep and meaningful. Later on, I just saw them quietly bending over and praying together. And it was beautiful to see. They were carrying one another's burdens. No one else really noticed them. They were just doing it very quietly. I thought, that is beautiful. If a person's going through a crisis, offer to pray for them. You'll be amazed at how many times people say, hey, yeah, actually, would you pray for me? Pray for them right now. Nothing of spiritual significance can be accomplished without prayer. So let's finish up. Let's pray boldly. Let's pray regularly all the time. Let's stir up one another's faith to grow in our expectation of what God is going to do, to align our will with his purpose for his kingdom. And something amazing will happen. God will change us. He might not necessarily change our circumstances. We can pray for it. But he will change us no matter what we're going through. And he will change us that we experience his presence. We will experience his peace. We will experience his power. We will experience his joy and his grace no matter what we're going through. So let's come now to the author of life, to be refreshed by living water, to be renewed and restored and sustained today. Let's pray together. Our gracious Father, we just are in awe that we can come into your presence as your children, that you delight in us, that you delight in hearing our prayers. Lord, we pray that we would just, just pray continually, not out of a legalistic burden or obligation, but out of a sense of delight from a grateful heart. And I really pray for anyone going through a tough time today, Lord, that you would refresh them by your Holy Spirit, that you would refresh them with the fellowship that we share with one another as brothers and sisters in your family. Lord, help us to be excited about prayer. Help us to plan to pray. Help us to push through duty to get to the light. In Jesus' name.